0: I'm Peyton Wormke with Heartbrand Beef, located in Platonia, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture.
2: hello texas we are locked loaded and ready to roll with another edition of texas ag today all you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up let's take a ride around the lone star state as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation texas agriculture in the news today a big wind and sandstorm in the texas panhandle and southern plains did a number on agriculture in that part of the state We'll check in with a Northeast Panhandle farmer for an update on what happened on his farm coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
3: Cattle prices are likely to motivate Texas High Plains ranchers to begin rebuilding their herds as early as this year. But market conditions can also provide reason for caution. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag today.
4: In like a lion and out like a lamb is how March weather is often described. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have a report from the National Weather Service on what to expect in the transition weather month of March across the state on Texas Ag Today. From West Texas, I'm Eddie Griffiths.
5: We'll talk about wind and plenty of it.
2: We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. A massive wind and sandstorm blew through the Texas Panhandle and Southern Plains last weekend, darkening skies from Kansas down past Lubbock. Quentin Shieldnight farms in the northeast Panhandle around Spearman, and he says the storm did a number on his dryland wheat. We're finding that a
6: lot of the wheat has been affected by static electricity. Even if fields weren't just blowing with what cover we did have it, the amount of dust and all the particles in the area, you're finding some static electricity damage to what wheat was still alive. And then fields that were blowing, you know, we've got some pretty ugly looking wheat that I'm afraid it's not going to make it.
2: And in his estimation, this storm was the final nail in the coffin on much of the dryland wheat in his area.
6: You know, in the northeast part where I'm at, we didn't really have some big rains to get some bigger wheat grown before now. And so I'm just talking for the northeast corner of the Panhandle, I'd say we're probably looking at 80 to 85 percent of the dryland wheat's probably gone. If you were lucky enough to have caught a rain and had a summer crop that had some trash and planted wheat in it, those acres may still be hanging on. So there are certain areas that will still have some dryland wheat, but in my particular area, most of it's gone
2: putting an end to what has been a very bad year for growing wheat in Texas. The latest crop progress and condition report came out on Monday, showing much of the Texas wheat crop still in miserable condition. 19% is now rated good to excellent, 32% rated fair, and 49% of the Texas wheat crop rated poor to very poor. 17% of the wheat has now headed, that is way ahead of the five-year average pace of 9%. The Texas dairy industry is growing, and the trend is expected to continue. For a while last year, Texas was the third largest milk-producing state, but as the year ended, we slipped back into fourth place. But with new milk processing plants slated to come online in the next couple of years, it is very likely we will see our dairy herd continue to grow. However, USDA livestock analyst Shale Shagum says dairy replacement heifers will be harder to come by, and they'll be more expensive.
7: When we got the January 1st cattle report, producers indicated that they were going to be holding back 2% fewer heifers for addition to the dairy herds in 2023, and approximately 2% fewer dairy heifers were going to be calving during 2023. Now, those lower replacement numbers were the lowest since 2005, but we're still looking at very high dairy replacement heifer prices. But still, if you're thinking about expanding your herd, you're going to be having to think about higher replacement costs than you might have otherwise.
2: The recent cattle inventory report showed Texas dairy cow numbers at 650,000 head. That is up from 625,000 a year ago. With high cattle prices, many Texas ranchers will be tempted to rebuild their herds this year. James Hunt tells us it all depends on Mother Nature.
3: 2022 was a year of substantial liquidation in the Texas High Plains. Beef cattle specialist Jason Smith of AgriLife says numbers he's seen suggest the cow herd reduction in our region might have been as much as 10%. Now as to precisely when we'll see any significant reversal, Dr. Smith says a lot of that will have to do with when we get rain to help our grazing lands. But he does believe numbers could start heading back up this year.
7: I do think we'll see some rebuilding. I think the feeder cattle prices are going to make a lot of producers really want to produce some feeder cattle to take advantage of those markets.
3: But Dr. Smith urges area ranchers to be careful.
7: I'd like to encourage producers to be very cautious about restocking, uh, rebuilding their cow herds during a time when feeder cattle might be at record or near record prices. Because that translates to replacement heifers, bred heifers, young bred cows, also at record or near record prices. And I'd encourage producers to be mindful of where we've come from. Some of our previous drought experiences, producers still trying to pay off cows that they either retained or purchased during the last cycle where we had a very similar market condition that we're in right now.
3: Once again, that was Dr. Jason Smith with Texas a and AgriLife. Before we close, here's a reminder that AgriLife's Hemp Hill County Beef Conference is coming up April 25th through 26th in Canadian. For more information and to buy tickets, you can go online and enter the words Hemp Hill County Beef Conference 2023 in your search engine. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network
2: march is a transition month for weather here in texas tom nicoletti checks in with the national weather service for a march forecast my guest today from fort worth is national weather service
4: meteorologist in charge tom bradshaw and uh Tom, let's uh, quickly look back at February before we uh, look ahead to uh, March. I think the highlight of the month
8: of February for the state of Texas was definitely the ice storm, which affected a good part of north, central, and west Texas during the very first few days of the month of February. Uh, A lot of power outages, a lot of uh, impacts to roads, obviously very, very cold at the beginning of the month, but things
4: did moderate as we got later on in the month and the temperatures did start to warm up. So the month of March is a transitional month. Beginning later in the month, and uh, what does the forecast look like? And of course, uh, this is a time of the year that you gotta really be watching out for storm weather. Basically, we can expect a lot of active weather, active thunderstorms,
8: strong cold fronts moving through periodic dust. It certainly is a month when we can have a grab bag of different weather types. Even the possibility of a little bit of snow in the northern counties of Texas Panhandle, you know, during the first couple of weeks of March is always a possibility. Folks need to be prepared. You can start getting their safety plans together as far as the spring,
4: the spring severe weather season is, is concerned. Now, temperatures will undoubtedly start to uh, warm up, uh, but uh, what about precipitation as the drought monitor is still showing that many regions of Texas need some rain? Definitely, it's a kind of a
8: tale of two states. Everywhere along and west of I-35, things are relatively dry, and then areas east of I-35 are pretty good shape. As far as the forecasts for the month of March, we do expect somewhat more rainfall statewide compared to what we saw in February.
4: We can start expecting some beneficial springtime rains once we get into the month of March. That is Tom Bradshaw. He is with the National Weather Service in Fort Worth. I'm Tom
2: Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The West Texas winds are drying out fields fast. Eddie Griffiths has an update from the Lubbock area. Well, over the past week or so, we have
5: seen plenty of wind in West Texas. When I talk about wind in West Texas, we're talking Anywhere from 40 to 50 mile per hour winds. That is sucking what little moisture we had available to us right out of the ground. Probably the biggest concern in West Texas at this point is for the wheat crop out there. If you have an irrigated wheat crop, you're able to get that water to the ground through these 40, 50 mile per hour winds. You're able to keep that wheat crop sustained. But for dryland producers and those who have been grazing a lot of that wheat crop especially if you graze it too low you're probably looking at concerns of a lot of that soil trying to get away from you with these higher winds so if we could get the winds to calm down just a little bit in west texas and possibly get some moisture out there to help reestablish some of this wheat crop whether it be for forage grain or just simply for cover for your spring planted crops that would definitely help i still like to tillage measures going on in West Texas, especially where the land has been blowing, guys going out there trying to rough it up to stop a lot of the the soil from getting away from them. But the main concern right now in West Texas, if we can get these winds to slow down a little bit, that would definitely help. From West Texas, I'm Eddie Griffiths.
0: Texas anglers continue to reel in massive largemouth bass. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today.
2: And we're in the middle of foaling season. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
1: Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
2: We're in the middle of foaling season. Dr. Bob Judd says one big concern is getting colostrum into foals that will not nurse. Mare's milk is the best source of nutrition for foals and is the only
9: source of antibodies for the foal. Although there are commercial milk replacers available, mare's milk is much better. However, it is difficult to collect milk from mares and to keep mares milking throughout the lactation period if a foal is not nursing. Some mares do not like hand milking, as they can get sore and it is difficult to milk the mare out completely. Dr. Scott Austin from the University of Illinois indicated at the AAEP convention that if you do not get all the milk out of the udder, milk production will decrease. And if you have ever tried milking a mare for just a few days, your hands get pretty tired of milking, and it takes a long time to milk a mare out completely. Commercial milkers are available that fit the mare's teats and udder, but they are expensive and do wear out after a period of time. However, it has been shown that the milk yield is higher when using a commercial milker versus hand milking. Another option is to make your own milker by using a 60cc plastic disposable syringe. This may be a little hard to visualize on the radio, but it's easy to take a 60cc plastic syringe and cut off the end of the barrel where you would normally attach a needle. So basically, after the cut, you will have a 60cc syringe with two completely open ends. Now, instead of inserting the plunger as you normally would do, insert it in the end you just cut off. This allows you to have a smooth end of the syringe to place on the mare's teat. By simply pulling down on the plunger, suction will be applied to the teat and milk will easily flow out and fill the syringe. This is much easier on the mare and the person milking than milking by hand. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Texas anglers continue to reel in massive largemouth bass. Jessica Domo tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report.
0: Texas lakes continue to produce massive largemouth bass. Since the beginning of the year, 13 largemouth bass weighing 13 pounds or more have been caught in Texas and loaned to the Toyota share lunker program for selective breeding at the Texas Freshwater Fishery Center in Athens. The offspring of the loaned fish and the loaned fish itself will be returned to Texas lakes to create bigger, better bass for future anglers. This year, an overwhelming majority, 11 of the 13 loaned lunkers, came out of OHIV Reservoir in the San Angelo area. The most recent legacy class lunker, A a 14-and-a-half-pound bass was caught by Brandon Vaughn of Jacksboro Sunday. Before that, Nolan Springler of Minnesota caught a 13.89-pound lunker on Friday. According to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, that fish stands out from the rest because it is the same largemouth bass that was caught in 2021 and returned to the lake. So now that fish stands out with two share lunker designations. OHIV produced two 13-pound largemouth bass in January and nine in February. TPWD reports the water body is only one 13-pound lunker away from matching what it produced in 2021 and 2022. Lake Allen Henry and Lake Nacogdoches have both also produced loanable fish this year. Texas anglers can loan lunkers weighing 13 pounds or more to the Toyota share lunker program through the end of March. Anglers who catch bass weighing 8 pounds or more can help the program by submitting catch and genetic data on their fish. Details are available on texassharelunker.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel. The
2: cattle markets took a drop on Wednesday, but cotton and grains were mostly higher. We'll check out all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises.
10: You never know what to expect.
1: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today.
2: The cattle market closed lower on Wednesday, both live and feeder cattle ending in the red. One reason for that may have been a rebound in grain prices. April live cattle down 35 cents, 165.12. The June down 75 at 160.60. August live cattle down 57 at 159.67. March feeder cattle down $1.50, $188.30. April feeders down $1.22 at $193.85, while May was down 62 cents, $199 even. Cash fed cattle market mostly quiet. We have seen some very light sales in Iowa at $165, but that's very few cattle. Most of the feedlots holding out for higher money this week asking prices here in the south 166 and better boxed beef prices lower on wednesday choice down 37 cents at 28835 select down 293 27632 now let's check the auction barns we're walking the pens with larry marble my friend Henry Pickett, who's a good South Texas
10: boy, grip at George West, now owns and operates Abilene Livestock. He sells every Tuesday. Henry, how did that sale go, son?
11: Uh, ended up pretty good, though. We ended up with 940 total cattle with about 150 cows. Uh, the market was steady to slightly higher on these lighter weaned calves this week. We had some 350 to 4-weight cattle bring upwards of 270, 290. Heifer mates up there at 225. And then we had some really nice wean yearlings that came in, and they were weighing that 750 and bring a buck 80. So it was a pretty good deal, and the packer cows were... 90 to a dollar five and uh, they were steady to a little bit higher than last week
10: are you aware of anything for this next week
11: uh just had a few calls asking if the market's staying steady and uh, I, I assume we'll probably have close to a thousand again next week
10: did you catch any moisture at all or just a lot of wind
11: just a lot of wind and a lot of promise of rain and it sounds like we're gonna have uh some severe weather this coming wow. thursday
10: yeah we've got a chance for it and I think they're showing us about three inches, and I'd sure like to to have some. We still need some moisture, and I know y'all would welcome that also.
11: Oh, it'd be nice.
10: Yeah, it'd be good for wheat, wouldn't it? And listeners, don't forget Henry Pickett and Crew service your livestock needs every week through Abilene Livestock. The sale, of course, is open and selling on Tuesday.
11: Here at the barn, we can be reached at 325-673-7865 or my cell phone is 940-733-8208.
10: Henry, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Neighbor, that's our Livestock Auction Market Report for today. We'll see you next time right
2: here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now. where lean hogs finish lower Wednesday. April hogs down twenty two cents, eighty four ninety five. The May down eighty seven at ninety three fifty two. Class three milk lower. March milk dropping twenty four cents, seventeen seventy nine a hundred weight. April milk down nine at seventeen fifty eight a hundred weight. The cotton market saw a nice bounce higher on Wednesday, triple-digit gains coming after a strong economic report was released from China. May cotton up 163 points, 85.66, July up 155 at 86.01, new crop December cotton up 144 points, 85.27 cents. A nice bounce back in the grain markets Wednesday after several days of losses. We've seen both corn and wheat drop sharply lower over the last week or so. Nice to see a pullback after both of those markets were very oversold. March corn up 11 cents, closing at 6.40 and a half. May corn up 5.5, 6.35 and three quarters. But the September was down a quarter penny, five eighty two and a quarter. Both hard and soft wheat slightly higher. March Kansas City wheat up five and a half, eight twenty-one and a quarter. New crop July up two and three quarters, eight oh nine and a quarter. July Chicago wheat up four and a quarter, seven hundred eighteen a bushel. In the energy markets, April Natural Gas up eight cents Wednesday at two hundred eighty three. April West Texas crude up 74 at 77.79 a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Wednesday afternoon. The Dow up 20 points, 32,677. The NASDAQ down 71 at 11,383. The S&P down 16, 3,953. That wraps up our look at the markets. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today.
1: Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org